I wanna talk to you this week and in the coming weeks about a one, uh, just a couple of verses. I think it's maybe just two verses. In the, buried in the Old Testament, it talks about a man named Jabez. And I've, uh, it's been many years since I brought this up in a message and I went back to it. I thought there's something there for this particular season in our church life. It's buried in the Old Testament in the book of First Chronicles and pretty much the first four chapter, uh, the first three chapters, uh, all the way into ha halfway through chapter four, it, I, I can't even begin to count how many names are mentioned. They're dis descendants of Adam and it goes all the way through the list. I, whoever had remembered all that is amazing to me. Uh, only God could pull that off. <clears throat> but it stops. I mean, it's like it comes to this screeching halt in chapter four. Most of the names, if you ever look at First Chronicles, the first three or four of chapters, you can't even remember what they are. I can't say them. I mean, it would take me, it would take me at least a few months to get the dictionary out and learn the pronunciations, and then I'd stand up here and hopefully I'd impress you with the pronunciations, but I can't say that many and I couldn't remember anyway. So trust me, those people are real. I don't know what the, why they named them all these words, but they did. But all of a sudden, there's one guy with a name you know. I mean, it's the first name I came to. Oh, I can say that. Name was Jabez. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. I hate to have been his brothers when that was written. And it gets worse. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. <laughs> How many, how many of you have kids about 12 or 13 you'd like to name them Jabez? <laughs> That's kind of where the pain hits. So in the middle of all of this Old Testament history, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me. I'm going to read on where we'll go in the next few weeks. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Be with me in all I do. Keep me from trouble and pain. And God granted his request. That's all we get. We never hear again. The outcome, what happened? Who wants to be known as a pain? <laughs> now, it wasn't unusual in Old Testament times that you would be named something that kind of was fitting in the family line or in the circumstance or whatever. But, you know, mama, she was hard on this boy, you know, Jabez, because I, I birthed him in pain. Who wants to be known as a lost cause? Ron Cunningham had a come to Jesus moment and what he chose to do with it changed his life. It changed his marriage. It changed his family. It changed his future. Now Julie has a husband, the kids have a dad, and thousands will hear his story today and in the days ahead. And yeah, my son Tyler was part of that, inviting him to church. Ryan's great friends with Josh Eddington, our worship leader in the venue, Oklahoma City. And I'm thankful for a couple of guys around that said, you know, why don't you come to church with us? But this was when they were in college. Had Tyler or Josh I just want to show you the power of an invitation. Had Tyler or Josh 
not said, why don't you come to church? Maybe he may never have come to church. Don't ever underestimate a real simple, simple invitation. Come to church with me. We can do this. I'll walk with you. I'll be with you. Ryan was in pain and he'd caused pain for others. His wife, Julie, I mean, what a story demonstrated to every spouse that forgiveness is a powerful tool for life change. Julie has a husband again. The kid's a father again. And Julie, thanks for forgiving Ryan. And Ryan, thanks for taking the painful steps to get healthy. And Ryan and Julie, thank you for sharing this story today. I love you, I'm proud of you, and you're going to inspire many, many people because of this video today. Today you've heard what a voice of hope looks like, and we have hundreds if not thousands of those kinds of stories. Oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil. Bruce Wilkinson was the one who introduced me to Jabez. He wrote a book 10, 15, 20 years ago called The Prayer of Jabez. It's a small book. Uh, it's an easy read. That's my favorite kind of book. It's thin, and so I read it, and uh, it really was a powerful book and opened up some things for me in understanding this two-verse story in the Old Testament. My brother and I were talking. I was texting him about the details, but there was a lady in our church her husband had died fairly young. She was a delightful, joy-filled lady. And I'm fairly certain I'm remembering, I know she'd been to our house and I'm, I'm thinking she had been to our house while mom and dad went to dinner and she stayed with us. Uh, I, I, I think I remember it correctly. I do remember uh, Joy and I took turns pushing her around in the wheelchair. And, and that was a lot of fun. And, and by the way, she was confined to a wheelchair. Today they'd call that child abuse. A lady who can't walk is babysitting the two Henri Grubbs boys, about eight and nine years old. I mean, that was the biggest step of faith our family may have ever taken. But we had some great fun with Ruth, and here I am, 50 years later, 55, uh, doesn't matter. I mean, a long time since I was nine years old. And I remember Ruth. I've not forgotten her. Never will. You see, she asked my dad once, what can I do for the church? I'm in this wheelchair. What could I possibly do for the church? So dad had an idea. He pitched it to her and she said yes. The church at the time was probably 1,500 people strong. She decided she would send birthday cards to everybody in the church who would let her have their birthday. She also responded to prayer requests. She would write a note of encouragement as a prayer request. She did that for years until she died. There's a lot of people up in Ohio that remember Ruth Brayfield. Some have labeled Jabez as the man who had no future. No one would have believed we'd be talking about him centuries later. Everyone has to overcome something. We all do. Everyone has to overcome something. We all have this in common. That's why we just don't play pretend here. We don't act like we've got it. We're just not gonna put on this air of superior spirituality. 
that just drives me crazy. I can smell that a mile away and I always just make a U-turn. I wanna go around it, I don't wanna be near it. I've been many times made to feel like I was several bricks short of a full spiritual load, you know? I don't wanna be around those folks. I wanna be around those that have encountered Jesus, their lives have changed and they love people like Jesus loved them. I love those folks. I love to be around those people. Jabez has been labeled as the man who had no future. All right, I had something happen to me this week. It's a, it's a continuing saga of a story I say, I probably have told too many times. I think it's been in the last few weeks. I don't know, I didn't check, but here, yeah, I'm gonna do it anyway. I wrote a book many years ago. You know, I've, you've heard about the book. Some of you've heard about a book. I got to write a book. Publisher printed 5,000 of them. They sold 3,000 of them. And they were going to put the last 2,000 on the 50-cent table. And I wasn't about to let that happen. So I bought them all. It cost me $1,000. And I've got them all. They're stacked in my garage. As you've heard this before. And I, that way I don't hit the garage wall. I've busted more sheetrock in the front of my car. So now my books are the buffer. And they're there. <laughs> now, and, and we're going to give them to the prisons and all that. <laughs> So I'm the guy that had no future in writing, which is fine with me. I don't have many thoughts that need to go beyond our church. But this week I got a check from the publisher. I thought, you gotta be kidding me. They must have sold, they must have held back some books. They must have sold some books. And I got my check out and just to reinforce the fact that I have no future in writing a book, my royalty check this month was $3.25. <laughs> It's not even worth the time it'll take to cash it or deposit it. So the man who has no future in authoring books, which is fine with me. The author that had no future. Jabez, the kid that caused a pain will be forever known. He was tired of being known as the guy that caused pain to his mother. Jabez decides he's had enough of this. And he begs God to change his circumstances, to change his outlook on life. He has the courage to step up and ask God for a miracle. It seems outlandish. I mean, as you, if you've never read it before, as you read it for the first time, you just don't expect that last sentence. And God granted his request. And that's exactly why it made the Bible. I mean, just this one nondescript two verses. And it made the Bible so we could talk about it. And how many of you right now are in the same predicament? You need a miracle. You need something to change. Change is possible. It's one thing we've learned. Surely you know that. No matter what's going on, no matter how miserable you may feel, no matter how many regrets you may have, change is possible. That's not the problem. The problem is, are we willing to do it? Are we willing to acknowledge it, that it's needed? Are we willing to take the hard, hard steps and the hard work to get us where we know we need to be? Are you tired of being in the predicament? Substance abuse, tired of cheating on your spouse? Have you had a setback that seems to limit you physically? Squandered money, drink too much? That's just a short list of a longer one. What would happen if you took a cue from Jabez and put it out there and say, I'm gonna tell you God what I want. What do you have to lose? Pray a bold, sincere prayer. Oh, that you would bless me. And let God show you the way to something greater than you could ever imagine. When he does that for you, it could be frightening. 
There may be more pain to deal with on your way to that blessing God wants to give you. See, the moment you begin to take steps toward God, you're gonna be met with an equally eager enemy. I've, I've been saying throughout the spring and summer that I, I, I do, and I, I didn't, uh, I said it because I knew it was real, but I just didn't know how it was gonna play out, and that God has been up to something in our church. And I, I believe, I mean, it's happening. And so, uh, you know, things have uh, continued down this path and we were given, the, the day I heard the church at Mayfair, Church of Christ wants to give us their building, I thought, that's what this is all about. Because you see, I will be honest with you, I have felt the kind of the, it's like a fight with the devil. It's just, you know, it's been a, a year, lots of change. I mean, God's giving us opportunity and if we don't change, if our pastors, our ministers, our staff, we've got to change and adapt and adjust so we can take care of 8,000, 9,000 people who are active in this church. What a privilege. But there were days I thought, you know, this is, I don't know about this. And the minute I got that phone call to me, that was, that's it. That's just the beginning. Because we will always be met with opposition when it's time for us to trust God in ways we've never trusted him before. So what we do know about Jabez is this. Things started badly for a person no one ever heard of. He prayed an unusual one-sentence prayer, and things ended extraordinarily well. That could be your life. That could be the facts for you, too. See, he said, oh, Lord, will you bless me? Bless me. And when we ask God to bless us, we're, asking, we're saying and asking several things. We're declaring several things. One, when we ask God to bless us, that's taking a step of faith. When I'm asking God to help me get through something, then I've got to do what I know I'm supposed to do, what I can do, but I can't control the whole thing. I've got to do the next right thing, and sometimes that's all you know to do any given day, the next right thing. I don't know what the step will be tomorrow or next week or next month, but today I've got to do the next right thing. We take this step of faith because faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's called faith, the book of Hebrews. That's a great read, by the way, the Hall of Fame of Faith. And again, be careful what you pray for. When we say bless my future, we say bless my family, bless my finances, bless my marriage. Well, God will, God's willing to do that, but what it may mean is if you're gonna have your future blessed, you might need to start praying about that future and beginning to think through what God might have. When, I say, when we pray bless my finances, it may be time to do the Dave Ramsey plan. Because God is not gonna magically appear and fill your checkbook with money you don't have and pay off all your debts. It's doable, that's the thing, it's doable. And I think we forget that. It is doable to deal with, some of the, with all the pain in your life. It won't be easy. There may be scars for the rest of your life in some of this stuff, we've all got them. But I wish I could convince everyone that whatever is going on in your life that is messing your life up, Change is doable, it's possible, it's just are you willing to do it or not? And the minute you decide to do that, again, you're gonna be met with temptation, you're gonna be met with obstacles. Bless my marriage, get a counselor. That's where it starts. Take, you take the step, you do the next right thing today because then God will do what he's planning to do that we don't know about. So when we ask God to bless us, we are taking a step of faith. Because faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Secondly, when we ask God to bless us, 
We're asking God to give us what we need instead of what we want. And that can be a bummer. Because <laughs> I've got a list of, we all have a list of wants, or we battle with the wants that are, what thing we want that is terrifying us or uh, tearing our life apart. And God says, I'm gonna give you what you need. Philippians 4, Paul makes this great statement in verse 19, and my God will meet all your needs. We, we either believe it or we don't. You, you, it's, it's God's inspired word, it's in the Bible, it's there for a reason. Paul reinforced this, and my God will supply all your needs. We either believe it or we don't. If you believe it, then let's trust him to give us what we need instead of what we want. Because if we trust him in the small things, he'll be faithful in the large ones. That's from Luke 16, 10. Third thing that happens when we ask God to bless us, we are, we are acknowledging that what he offers is far more than we can imagine. Far more than we can imagine. Paul, in the same verse, 19, con continues on, Philippians 4, 19. According to his glorious riches in Christ. That's what he will do for us. My God will meet all of your needs according to what? His glorious riches. Not yours. We live in a time of affluence in many ways. It seems to be dwindling in some ways among other class groups. But we are, we are people by and large of abundance. All Americans that have, have a job and do well and have done the right thing, saved their money, spent less than they, uh, they made. And what, what happens in that is we kind of think we've got the resource. I've got the money. I've got the knowledge. I've got connections. I've got all this to help solve my problem. Now, some of that's good. You turn to somebody you trust, and that's fine. But we can't buy our way out of our messes. There's not enough money in the world to help us forget something we did that we regret because the enemy's going to throw that at you almost every day. When, you, when you're sick and tired of remembering the past, even though you've dealt with it, it's over, God has got you through it, believe me, when, when your mess of the past comes through your mind, there's only one reason, and it's because there is a true enemy that likes to discourage us and defeat us. That's, why, that's when that happens. So we ask God, we're gonna take a step of faith. We ask God to bless us. We're asking him to give us what we need instead of what we want. We're acknowledging that what he offers is far more than we can imagine. And then number four, when we ask God to bless us, we're waiting, for, we're wanting from God what is impossible without him. In other words, we want something from God we know we can't handle, we can't make it, we can't dream it up. We don't know what we need down the road. We don't know what it's gonna take, he does. So we, we ask God to bless us, then we want from God what, what is impossible without him. Mark 10, 27, everything is possible for him who believes. That's Mark 9, 23, Mark 10, 27. With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God, all things. Then number five, when we ask God to bless us, we're wanting only what God wants for us. It's called a step of faith. We want only what God wants for us. The psalmist in Psalm 145. You satisfy the desires of all your worshipers and you come to save them when they ask for help. 
You see, when, in the messes we make in our lives, we're afraid to pray. Well, God don't want to hear this. No, no, no. He loves it when we are willing to say, okay, God, I've realized I have really messed up. I've made a very poor decision or I've got this habit I can't deal with. I've got stuff going on in my life. It's been there all of my life in some cases and I'm so tired of dealing with it. I need you. I need your help and I'm crying out to you, God. Now, once you cry out to God, there'll be little things that'll come to your mind or maybe a door will open and it's gonna take you onto a path that could be, the, be exactly God leading you to ultimate wholeness, ultimate happiness. But along the way, there are some tough decisions we have to make if we really want to have only what God wants. If we're going to let God do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Number six, when we ask God to bless us, it means we're willing to patiently wait for his blessing. <laughs> and, and this is my least favorite word probably in life right here. I just don't like patience. Now, I'm, I'm, one of the blessings of getting a little older is I'm, I'm more patient than I've ever been, I think. Now, don't ask my family if they would agree with that, but I think I've learned how to be more patient because, you know, at this point, if you follow Jesus over a period of time, then, and that's me, I've, I've learned. I wish I'd learned some things a lot earlier, but I've, I get to sit in a seat and watch God do things, and I'm sitting there going, I can't believe that. I, I can't believe what I'm seeing. I can't believe what I just heard. It's a great place to be. I love my job. When we ask God to bless us, it means I'm going to wait patiently, God, for whatever you have for me. And I'm going to wait until you're willing to show me and tell me and give it to me. Don't be afraid to pray bold prayers. Don't be afraid of that. Pray, pray a bold prayer. Pray for something that you know is impossible unless God moves unless God shows up. And, and you don't have to go through all the list. Oh, Lord, I'm not worthy. He already knows that. Lord, I haven't even hardly prayed to you ever. I know he gets that. Lord, I'm not sure you even want to listen to me. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm even a believer. He can handle that. He'll help you become one. But we have to decide, do we want change? Do we want to change? Do we have an interest in letting God have control of our lives? Are we interested in saying, oh Lord, bless me. Lord, oh that you would bless me. And then go start walking in the right direction. Start taking steps of faith. Get in church, that, get in a good church. There's a lot of good ones around. We're not the only one. Miracles are life changing, but they do require getting out of our comfort zone in doing the hard work of change. I've never again been one to proclaim a miracle or the God talk and all that. That I had a lot of that as a kid and uh, as a, not in my church, but in a, in a school. And uh, it, it just kind of set me back a little bit that these proclamations were sometimes made in the name of Jesus, which uh, in most cases, I don't recall any of them ever happening. But that happens sometimes in people who feel like they've heard from God. They're going to tell us all about it. Now, am I, can you hear from God? Yes. No question. But sometimes what you're hearing from God is for you. For you, not everybody else. It's for you. And then when, when, that, when that pain turns in 
to possibilities in your life and you've walked through them and done the hard work of the change and let God lead you, let God give you the strength to do what he wants to do, that you're tired of being in pain and you're tired of being a pain. Once you've been through that, your prayer life will be very different. Hearing Ryan's story today, that's another miracle. Took a th he said a thousand some days, three or four years, I guess, three years. I encourage you, pray the Jabez prayer. It's a good prayer, it's there for a reason. Because Jabez, who was more honorable than any of his brothers, his mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. I can't wait to do that one. We're gonna do that one next. Expand my territory. Be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And that one phrase, and God granted his request. When I traveled back through this text, one of my first thought was, I'm still waiting on a few things, God. You helped Jabez. Can, when, how long is this going to take? And God granted him his request. All right, I want you to hang on to this. God is more willing to bless you than you are to let him. And that's really your decision. You've got to decide even now. Are you willing to allow him to do what he wants to do in your life? Because see, he's more willing to bless us than we are to let him have his way in our life. Ryan Cunningham's Bible verse in that video was, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so the power of Christ can work through me. This church is truly a voice of hope. We're a hope giver. What a privilege it is for us to be able to be that for this community, for our city, for our state, and all the prisons and on beyond. The hope giver today, Jabez, he invites us to step up and pray a bold prayer and give God the change, the ability to change, and give him the time to do it. Get on his schedule, not yours, because it could take years. It could take months for God to get you through whatever it is you either need to go through or you're going through it now. Sometimes you'll go through some painful things as a believer because God wants to increase our faith. When we can look back and say, without God, I would never have gotten through that one. So I ask you, are you in pain? Most of us are at any given moment. Have you caused pain? We all do that occasionally. Have someone in your life who is a pain? Maybe it's time to pray for patience. Say, Lord, this person is a royal pain in my life. You didn't know where I was going with that when I said in my. Yeah, think about it. No, don't think about it, actually. You are a royal pain in my life. Somebody's like that. You got, we all, every now and then there's somebody, they're just a pain. And, and you've just got to decide how am I going to respond? 
How am I willing to be a friend even through the pain that they cause me or I'm causing them? It's all in, it's really all right now in your lap. That if this describes you today, are you willing to let God do what he's so able and willing to do in your life? Change is possible. Forgiveness is available. Patience is given generously. So I'd love for you to have some hope because you never know how many people around you are desperately looking for meaning in life. No one enjoys defeat and depression. No one enjoys insignificance. Just ask the man who had no future. I'm gonna pray in a moment. I'm gonna call our prayer teams forward. The prayer teams will be at the front of all of our rooms. Please give us the privilege to pray for you. Whatever's on your mind, it may have something to do with the message or our worship today. It may have nothing to do with anything we've said, but you may have walked in with something that feels heavy. We would love to pray with you. You can go down to the front of all the rooms and there'll be prayer teams waiting there for you. I trust these folks and they'll be willing to talk to you and pray for you and whatever the need may be. Let's pray. Father, how we thank you so much for the privilege of being in this place. Father, we thank you for the freedom we have to worship because we're mindful of brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who could lose their life just because they might gather for a Bible study. Lord, we take it for granted so much. But we thank you. Father, help us to continue to be a voice of hope wherever hope is needed. And Father, I pray today that perhaps there'll be those who might open their hearts and minds to allow you to do something that only you can do for them. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.